When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined with a returning cutie. We have Dara from the Lady You Remember This podcast, our chaos soul sister. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It is a joy as always. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking offline and I knew I had to have somebody that I felt I was in a safe space with for this movie because we are closing out Chelchella 2022, my birthday month, with one of my favorite movies of all time, The Witches. Like if Cruel Intentions defined Donnie's personality, this one defined mine. So I needed somebody that like, even if you're going to talk shit about this movie, I needed to know it was coming from like a place of love. And... When I talk shit to my friends, my family, about them, to their faces, <laughs> it is always with love. It's really <laughs> constructive criticism that maybe maybe hurts your feelings a little, but it's for the best. Great. Buckle up. Starting my 33rd year, just ready to face some hard truths. Yes, your Christ year. Ah. Well, for the cuties watching this episode over on the Patreon, like I literally have a witch's tattoo. Oh, my God. <gasps> I did that so that people not on the Patreon make it show like you just showed your ass. <laughs> yeah, so it's a tramp stamp. So, you know, head over to patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see my butthole. But yeah, like I love this movie. And rewatching, yes, of course, it's kind of terrible, but I still love it. So What's the tattoo of? So there's two women in the book where it's like, guess which one the witch is? And there's like one like very nice looking woman mm. and then one woman that looks like a little more evil but it's mm. surprise the nice looking woman that is gonna murder you so <laughs> that's the one wow. naturally i chose to have the tattoo <laughs> that tracks Just, you know a murderous witch it's fine wait till you hear who i resonate with in this oh, God. so if you want to see my butt crack and my witch's tattoo along with about like on average i mean I'm bad at math, people, but on average, about 20 more minutes of content, head over to patreon.com slash I'm the cute one. And over there, you can listen to or watch the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our show. So head over there. Speaking of rewatching this movie, I did today watch this movie with my four-year-old. So we either just like formed a core memory or something that she will later talk to her therapist about because this movie is like kind of scary it is i don't really remember watching it too much i think i watched it in school but i remember being scared by it. yeah the grand high witch is terrifying and i think it's even chilling that opening story with erica in the picture yes. terrifying terrifying <laughs> the ending of the novel i feel like the novel was viscerally more scary yes and we will because i am notoriously a book is better bitch so we will definitely be covering the differences donnie Ooh. buckle up it's my birthday month so just 
get excited. No, I'm excited because I didn't read the book, but I saw the remake and there's some big differences. Ooh, okay. Well, I don't view the remake movie as canon. Did you see it? Of course I did. Oh, okay. Again, this is a formative <laughs> movie for me. So I was going to see the remake and then, you know, our girl Annie was in it. So <laughs> right, already right. a strike Ooh. against it. <laughs> So let's jump into this movie. So this movie came out on February 16th, 1990. It was, you guessed it, a Friday. Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul was at the top of the music charts, and Driving Miss Daisy was at the top of the box office. Mm. And on this exact day, singer-songwriter The Weeknd was born. That's beautiful. (laughs) Good for him. (laughs) Just born. I mean, it must be an omen of some sort. I don't know what it is, but like there's something. He should have a witch's tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) So to get sentimental for a moment, this book, we've talked about my obsession with witches growing up, but this book was one that anytime I moved schools, I would go to the library and if they had this book, I like felt like I'm okay. I'm going to be okay here, which I mean, it's so lame, but like it really, for whatever reason, in my weird little witchy brain, I was like, okay, cool. If I can read about murderous witches, I will totally be fine. (laughs) Did you guys have any movies or books growing up that did something to you that to this day, I mean, Harry Potter could also fill this void of like, you should have outgrown it, but you just haven't because it takes you back to that like core memory. Little Giants for me is the only Ooh. sports thing I'll ever set my eyes on, <laughs> but it's just so good. I feel like the Babysitters Club, just as far as like going back all the way, all the way to the way, way back, um, I was big into the books, but also I used to watch the Babysitters Club Canadian TV show on PBS. Yeah, and it's like a very deep cut. It was an awesome show, and actually, I I saw The Wedding Singer on Broadway, and one of the guys in it played Logan on the show, and at the stage door, I went up to him, and I was like, I loved you in the Babysitter's Club, and he's like, how old are you? That show was from, like, 30 years ago, and I was like, oh, it was? Like, I don't know. I just saw it on PBS. I thought it was current. (laughs) I, like, weirdly missed The Babysitter's Club. Like, I really don't have any recollection of that actual series, but I was into The Babysitter's Little Sisters Club. For whatever reason, my grandfather had, like, ordered me the books that literally they came in, like, a little bag in the mail. Every month you would get a new book, like a subscription service. Mm. Like, what the fuck were even the 90s? (laughs) But it was, like, about Karen, who was the little sister of one of the people. Did you ever read Sweet Valley High? Oh, did I? Or Sweet Valley <laughs> Twins, the younger Absolutely version? Absolutely, I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't read those books, but the TV show I loved. I still love those girls to this day. That's so weird that you say the TV show because yesterday I was, for some reason, just looking up every TV <laughs> show that was ever on, I believe, UPN. Ooh, good it was on. And it was like Sweet Valley High. And I was like, yes. Oh, (laughs) only ran for two seasons, though. It feels a lot longer in my heart. It's like when you're a kid and like everything seems so big. It's like TV shows feel like they ran for six seasons in a movie. And then you realize it was like 20 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but that defined my entire personality for a Mm -hmm. decade. (laughs) How could Mm -hmm. it be? Well, speaking of defining a personality for multiple decades, let's launch into this film, The Witches. So, Donnie, do you have any background trivia for us today? I do. So, 
I don't know what the budget was, but it made $10 million in the box office worldwide. And I don't know what that means in 1990. I don't know if that's a flop or a hit, but it made $10 million. Take that with what I you will. I think that's a... That's a big old flop. I think, I think so. Even with inflation, it sounds like a flop. I think it might. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they made that money back. That looks like um, <laughs> that looks like a film that costs at least ten million. Yeah, I would say. I so. mean, we had puppets. We had CGI. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. imagine the budget was. No, because the budget, and I know times have changed, but last week we did Legally Blonde, and the budget for that was $18 million, and that's no puppets involved. Yeah, I feel like back in 1990, like, movies were supposed to be making, like, $400 million, <laughs> okay. but who can say? Who can say for sure? So remember when I wanted to have you on because you were going to come from a place of love? We're starting out straight. <laughs> no, this is fact-based. Yeah, this is pure that. facts. This is pure fact-based. And just because something doesn't make a lot of money doesn't mean that it doesn't carry a lot of value in your heart <laughs> and in your soul. One man's trash is another man's yeah. treasure. You know Exactly. I will say, though, I was looking up the IMDb of the director did not do a whole lot yeah. after this, but he did do some like sex show. <laughs> okay. It was like erotic thriller oh. TV. And I tried to look into it, but it was lost to the annals of history. <laughs> or the annals of history. <laughs> yeah, he directed 31 things, none of which our listeners would know. But the writer was Alan Scott, and he wrote The Preacher's Wife and also recently The Queen's Gambit. So he could have uh, left that one on the shelf because you know how I feel about old doe eyes. But oh, Jesus. <laughs> not my fault. Scott Allen did this to me. The tagline of the movie was <laughs> saving the world from witches is a tall order for a boy they've turned into a mouse, which I feel like if it was a flop, they can thank the tagline for that. Like that's as long as the script. <laughs> Listen, you're only as good as your marketing. Just ask Jennifer's body, you know? Don't uh, get me started. Great film. Big old flop at the time. Tune back in in October when we cover that for Halloween. I didn't ask Chelsea yet. This is me telling her. Um, (laughs) I'm down with that. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I mean, that was like purely manipulative, just like putting it on record. So she couldn't say no, but okay. (laughs) Today was my first day of therapy. I'm still working on my manipulative skills. I didn't fix that yet. So, as for some trivia, after a test screening, Roald Dahl expressed to producers how appalled he was at the vulgarity and terror in the film, and he wanted his name and the title erased from the movie. He wanted them to call it something totally different. So then Jim Henson wrote him an apology letter, and he, like, said, okay, fine. This is a man who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, all of his books, no offense, Chelsea, all of his books are for little freaks. Like None he wrote taken. James and the Giant Peach. Oh, another one of my favorites. <laughs> like his tamest book is Matilda, and she's practically Carrie. She just hasn't channeled it yet. Right. And also, isn't he kind <laughs> yeah, of a piece of yeah. shit? Oh, he's a huge piece of yeah. shit. I mean, he's kind of a... um. Listen, Roald Dahl is a pretty notable anti-Semite. <laughs> See, I purposely... <laughs> his estate um, yeah. formally apologized on his website. That was like, hey, guys, um, just checking in. Granddaddy's dead, but like we totally feel bad about how he felt about Jews. Just <laughs> oh my so God. you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
But he drew the line at this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but this one. And I'd like to say, you know, my tattoo situation, we're separating the art from the artist, you know? Listen, I have Woody Allen tattooed on my tit. And I'm just kidding. Just- but like the thing I love about you, I was like, go on. I believed it for a split second. I'm like, wait, is it a portrait? Is it a signature? Is it just a pair of spectacles? Like, what are we working with on the nip? Oh, you know, that would be, like, a, a nice, like, just the, just the glasses. Like, a Harry Potter vibe oh, without yeah. without the, the little electricity mark. Thunderbolt, thunderbolt. Electricity mark. Yeah. Really quick, one more thing. Angelica Houston's favorite role she's ever played is the Grand High Witch, and she still dresses up on Halloween as her. Every Halloween. <laughs> I don't know. It said to this day. So I don't know. Number one, I don't know when that was written. And number two, that would be iconic if it was every Halloween. <laughs> and so weird and would really like color in Miss Houston a little more vibrantly <laughs> if that was possible. There's uh, really layers to that. There comes a point in that trajectory that like it becomes sad yeah. and then it becomes iconic again. <laughs> so before we make Dara recap this movie in one minute or less, I want to know what character of this film, if any, do you identify as? Bruno, 110%. You know, I think I really, I resonate with the mother who um, is just like hysterically screaming (laughs) um, at all times over mice. Uh I mean, she's the only one with like the right reaction to any of this. And you know what? Now that we're saying that, yes, I definitely identify with that because I feel like so often in my life, um, I'm looking around and I'm like, we should all be freaking out right now. Why is everyone so calm? And she really was the only one with like really grounded um, reactions to the situation at hand. I would say so. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I am the Grand High Witch. I vibe with her. I'm not trying to murder children, but I do love to command a room. Mm. And also at the end of a workday, I also remove my face to reveal the monster with it. And I like take off my work personality and I'm like, honey, I'm home. I'm a bitch. (laughs) So before we break down this plot, Dara, I'm going to put one minute on the clock. Can you give us the synopsis of this fine film? Take it away. Okay. Um, Based on the book by noted anti-Semite Roald Dahl, this tale centers around a young boy. His parents are killed, and he goes to live with his grandmama, and they go on holiday together, I mean, to, to ease the pain of the fresh death of his parents. And while at the hotel, he eavesdrops on, you know, just like a group of women who are just like trying to have fun with like-minded individuals <laughs> and he eavesdrops on them and then you know he gets himself into a little bit of trouble he is turned into a mouse by their little uh potions because these witches they have goals they're career women i mean really this is um an allegory and a condemnation of women who choose to remain childless but you know they they catch him and, you know, he gets what's coming to him. He's turned into a mouse. And so is his little friend who he meets at the hotel. And they're running around <laughs> trying to figure out how to, you know, let everyone know, ring the alarm. These witches, they're turning us all into mice. And then finally, they take the potion. They put it into soup. They feed it to the witches. All the witches turn to mice. The dead. <laughs> and uh, we all live happily ever after. I think I covered everything. <laughs> I, I literally I think, think we so. can go home. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Subscribe to our Patreon. Goodbye. And yet that was shorter than the tagline. (laughs) Here we go. So 
The movie does open with Grandmama educating her grandson, Luke, about witches. And this bitch does not mince words. <laughs> she tells this elementary schoolboy that witches spend their time plotting to kill children, stalking the wretched child like a hunter. And in short, witches are bald, no-toed, purple-eyed, stone-cold murderers. And to witches, children smell like dog shit. <laughs> and I would agree. I mean, they're sticky and smell. Like, I don't know. My husband says white people smell like wet potato chips, which I don't even know what that smells like. Huh. Like starchy? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hmm. Now I'm going to put potato chips out in the rain and... See what white people <laughs> Give smell it a little like. sniff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Grandmama then goes on to tell Luke that the ruler of the witches is the most evil woman in creation, the Grand High Witch. And when she was younger, she tried to find her, but alas, was never successful in doing so. So this is going to be a loose segue, so just bear with me. But speaking of grandparents traumatizing their grandchildren, I like—I was trying to figure out as I was planning for this outline, have I ever told any stories about Pepe? No. Okay. Well, buckle up, people. <laughs> oh. We are introducing a character to our I Am the Cute One cinematic universe. Is he real? There are so many stories. Oh, he's very real. He <laughs> okay. is my grandfather. Okay. He is one of 13 children. <laughs> mm. So just putting that into perspective of I get my creativity and also my obsession with being the center of attention from Pepe, mm. my grandfather. So over the years, I mean, he's done many many things, but he's written a lot of songs, which he likes to perform at any chance he gets. But this is a specific story pertaining to Pepe in which on my 21st birthday, understandably the next day, we're all like in shambles in my home, various people sleeping in various places. He arrives because my whole family, I've talked about my my 21st birthday, my whole family came into town like it was a wedding. Like I turned 21. And so like my entire extended family arrived to like celebrate me because, you know, that's what you do. But he came to my house with guitar in tow and put on like a performance. And I have to say, like his songs are funny. Like I'm going to have to like start including them maybe over on the Patreon or at the end. Are there MP3s of them? There are CDs. <laughs> He's gone to recording studios. Like, it's a whole thing. But for example, some of his songs, one was a passive aggressive anthem he wrote about my aunt <laughs> called Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> that he used to like pull people into corners at parties and like sing to about this person that was like in the living room. Now, when was this written? I hope not in her like formative years. She was like 40. Okay. Like, okay. His sister-in-law. Uh, but it is a distinction. He's not writing shut the fuck up about his daughter. Yeah. I okay. That was her lullaby. But he wrote one specific song called Show Us Your Pretties. Oh my God. He went to Mardi Gras Ooh. and he was inspired. And so he has a whole song called Show Us Your Pretties that I have... I mean, you guys listen to this podcast. You can imagine how I feel about my grandfather singing a song in which he's telling women to show us her pretty. Put it in right here. Put the clip in right at this very place. Guys, we just can't help it. It's genetic memories. This primal fascination with the female memories. It's the way the good Lord made us. And to make sure it was fun, he even made us happy if you show us only one. I have said 
blanket statement. I, like, I'll put up with a lot. Please don't play this song in front of me. So he comes over. <laughs> he's been playing for an hour. My friends are like eating it up because he's charismatic as fuck. I mean, he's the best. He says, okay, and now is the time where I normally would play a song called Show Us Your Pretties. And it is Chelsea's birthday. She has specifically asked me to not play this song. So... Chelsea, cover your ears and plays it. And then after this performance, he handed out CDs. He traveled with CDs and he gave autographs at my 21st birthday. So, wow. anyway, this has nothing to do with grandmama. I wanted to share a a story from birthdays past. And I wanted to introduce the cuties to Pepe, easily the most iconic person in my life. So... That's Buckle up. There's many stories to come. <laughs> wow. I, I'm going to need a moment to recover. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Anywho. All right. So because <laughs> this is a children's movie from the 90s, Luke's parents die. <laughs> So he and Grandmama move back to England where he encounters his first real witch. And I don't want to tell anybody how to do their job, but this witch 
clearly needs to shadow someone or like <laughs> sign up for some continuing education hours because this lady walks up to Luke, clearly disgusted by his stinky poop smell, flashes her purple eyes, and then just like pulls a snake out of her purse. Like there could have been a little more subtlety. I mean, you really have to flex though. If you want to, if you want to get respect, <laughs> if you want to instill fear, you have to show people like, yeah. I'll do whatever I want. I'm crazy. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> when I first moved to New York, my grandfather told me, he was like, you have to be careful. It is scary there. And I was like, I think I'll be okay. He said, if people are crazy on the train, you just have to be more crazy. So they stay away from you. Mm. I was like, oh, that is a good idea. Well, I have a good song I could teach you <laughs> if you ever wanted to just break out a guitar. Please. I'll sing it a cappella. <laughs> So while Grandmama smokes cigars and teeters on the edge of a diabetic coma, Luke trains his pet mice, William and Mary. I find in life there are two types of people in this world, those who had rodents as pets growing up and those who didn't. Which are the two of you? Oh, I I was not a rodent kid. You know, I feel like actually um, there are two types of children, rodent kids and non-rodent kids. Or like a, a subsection of rodent kids, people who had rodents that they fed to snakes, um, their pet snake. True. And I feel like everybody's uh, like step cousin is a rodent person. <laughs> That's a good distinction of people who had rodents or people who like had rodents. Mm -hmm. I had yeah. a parakeet, oh. which was honestly a really beautiful experience. I had two. They had a baby together and I got to watch a baby parakeet grow into an adult parakeet, but then the baby parakeet started having an affair with the mother parakeet oh! and ostracized <laughs> the father parakeet, and he died pretty soon after of what my mother says is a broken heart. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to need some time to process that. Listen, wow. I felt safe after hearing about your grandfather that I could just drop some bombs. That's no, incredible. That's remarkable. <laughs> the you. circle of life, truly. Mm -hmm. And you wow. want to hear the best part about it is one bird was blue, the other was yellow. And no joke, they made a little light green bird. No! Mm -hmm. Wow. And then what color were the babies once the child <laughs> fornicated with the mother? You know, by the time the child was fornicating with the mother, she was dropping eggs left and right, but I think it was like past her time, like mm. the bio clock was up, and so we never saw another fertilized egg. Okay. I would have loved to have seen some inbred parakeets, <laughs> but alas, that wasn't in store. That biology lesson only took us so far. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I never had birds growing up. Me neither. I had a hamster, and then I had a rabbit, and then I had a iguana. Oh, mm -hmm. an iguana. A menagerie of pets. <laughs> Only Gorgeous. one at a time. When one would die, then I would get a new one. We fell into the hamster life. We had like a friend who their hamsters had had babies, so we got like free hamsters, but then it turned out my brother's hamster was a boy hamster and mine was a girl hamster, so like we originally had one cage for them. They immediately tried to fuck. Oh. It was like a whole thing. I had a really cute hamster. It was a short-haired hamster named Socks, and I wanted my brother to name his hamster Mittens, but instead it was like this disgusting long-haired hamster with huge balls and he named him Bowser. And I was like, well, that's not cute. <laughs> and so then there was, this is just going to be, you know, it's the end of my birthday month. We're just going to go places <laughs> today. I did not like Bowser's hair. I found him disgusting. He was always licking his balls. And so one day my friend and I were like, well, we're going to give him a haircut. We're just huh. going to give him a little ch, -ch, -ch. 
Did not go well. No. We took him outside. He moved, <laughs> which like not to blame the victim, but like he moved. And I look and I had literally done like a perfect, <laughs> I hadn't touched, I skinned him essentially. Like, it, oh my it was, God. like you could see like a thin <laughs> layer of skin and you could see all of his organs inside. <laughs> what? <laughs> and my mom was like, if this had been your fucking hamster, like you would have dealt with the consequences. She's like, but I was not about to have you and your brother like have that dynamic where you murdered his hamster. So she took him to the vet and they gave him little hamster surgery. They uh, stitched him up. Bowser lived uh, for five no. fucking more years. I don't even think hamsters are supposed to live for five <laughs> years. He lived forever. This was like the most resilient hamster. And I learned like... No more haircuts for any animals. <laughs> so Luke and his grandma head to the coast to get some fresh air, but unbeknownst to them, they have picked the hotel where the annual Witches of England convention is taking place. So the Grand High Witch arrives and is just like a rock star. Like these other witches are basically pissing themselves with excitement just by being in her mere presence. I mean, for good reason. She is <laughs> truly iconic. When she bitches that one lady, out and she's like silence a bitch <laughs> a bitch <laughs> i can't even say it must burn until her bones are black she's just so good so good i wish that they had all the witches the extras i wish they had them um be like in the same playing field of fabulousness yeah. as angelica i didn't particularly love that the dynamic was they all looked like little gutter trolls and like cult leader. I would have liked to have seen them turn a few more looks. Yeah, they're literally all played by men, except like three with lines. And the men aren't fabulous either. It looks like they pulled them no. out of the local bar and just plopped a wig on them. Some still have a beard. And you know, that's tough to have an ensemble of women played by men. You know, it's a, 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 a You could speak freely. It's not the Dar is afraid because you just basically told her you'd skin her if she <laughs> talks shit on this movie. So for those not watching the Patreon, I'm actually holding a <laughs> pair of scissors and snapping them together as Dara speaks. I'm just like trying to get through it. Like, yeah, I love the movie. I freaking loved it. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, to be clear, this month I have chosen The Hot Chick <laughs> and The Witches. So perhaps this is my last month of choosing movies. <laughs> You know? Like, oh, wow. The hot chick. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm realizing that maybe we just let Donnie take the reins from here on out. <laughs> Luke meets Bruno Jenkins, who is touching every single item of food at the buffet. This little shithead is part Dudley Dursley, part Veruca Salt, and part that kid from Matilda who has to eat the entire chocolate cake. The first thing he says to Luke after meeting him is, how much pocket money do you get? My dad's rich, but he's very tight. We've got three cars. <laughs> I'm Bruno. <laughs> Especially the buffet. My grandmom's favorite restaurant used to be Old Country Buffet. And we would eat there so much that when she passed, my dad like banned us from eating there. Because he, oh. yeah, his memories were tied so closely to Old Country Buffet because of her. But whenever we went, I would eat myself sick because I would like literally make five plates of food like one for sides one for meats one for starches whatever and then i would take us like a cup for soda and take it to the ice cream soft serve thing and just fill it all the way up to the top i didn't make an ice cream flow i didn't make a milkshake just just 16 ounces of ice cream <laughs> 
Yeah, I used to love a, a buffet. We would always go to a Chinese food buffet、oh. after we visited my、um, grandpapa at his <laughs> final resting place.、Oh. There was a China buffet right next door. <laughs> And you know what? It's really where I honed my skills as a、uh, binge eater. I would say, just really, you know, no holds barred, just crab rangoons until I wanted to puke and fond memories. <laughs> I think what we're saying here is we're all a little bit Bruno Jenkins <laughs> when it gets down to、uh, it.、Mm-hmm. Get us around a buffet, and <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. I gotta say though, the man has taste—margarine <laughs> over butter—and the fact that you can't even predict, like, oh, is it margarine today or butter? It's like it should say consistent. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> This is a business establishment. <laughs> What's going on in the kitchen while we、mm. see what happens yeah, in the kitchen?、Please. So Luke's streak of bad luck continues, and he ends up locked in a conference room full of witches, including the Grand High Witch herself. You married Mom? Yes, yes. You may remove your fix. <laughs> so the Grand High Witch reveals her face and also her management style. There will be no compliment sandwich <laughs> at this meeting. Instead, she berates her subordinates for being bad at murdering children、mm. and zaps them to dust with her laser beam eyes. She wants every child in England to be rubbed out, destroyed, and eliminated. And honestly. She's not the type of boss that just like tells you what to do. She really talks the talk and walks the walk because in mere scenes, she will literally push a baby <laughs> down a cliff. Like this is a witch committed to the cause. <laughs> also, I don't think "rubbed out" means what you think it means because she does not want the children rubbed out. <laughs> she wants them mice, not molested. Okay. <laughs> So she makes it rain English money and announces her plan. She wants every witch in England to quit their jobs and buy sweet shops. She then reveals the most important part of her plan: her magical formula and the greatest triumph, Formula Eighty Six, which will turn stupid children into mice. And in a surprise to no one, a stupid child has already been poisoned. Our guy Bruno. And I get it. This is the last impression of the movie, I promise. But when he comes in and he says, "That lady promised me six whole bars of hazelnut chocolate. I've come to collect." And then we—it's like a porno shot. Like the camera goes <laughs> right to her crotch, and she's like humping the air, and she says, "Bruno, I have your chocolate here." <laughs> so, that's when she pulls him in and makes everybody witness him turn into a mouse. <laughs> And that's not the last moment we have of someone spread eagle with the fingies between their legs,、um, making a come hither motion. Let's just say, when shall we, we say? When we're in the kitchen and the mice are loose, and the guy takes off his pants, and he like puts his legs up in the air and like slaps two fingers on his taint, and is like, "Where's the mouse? Where's the mouse?" Yeah, I have some follow-up questions for these filmmakers. <laughs> I'd like to have a word, sirs. I wonder if this is the stuff Raoul Dahl didn't like that he wrote that letter about. <laughs> <laughs> And so, with the power of Formula eighty six, 
Bruno turns into a mouse. And I still think these special effects are better than Scooby-Doo. I'm sorry, Donnie. Oh, my God. So just as the conference is wrapping up, Luke is discovered and also gets turned into a mouse. And we get like a real homeward bound situation as he and Bruno try to make their way back to Grandmama. And I know we've spent enough time on Bruno, but it can't be stated enough. Like this boy is an idiot. (laughs) Like, he is more concerned with how hungry he is than the fact that he has been turned into a literal rodent. Like, he has to be reminded by Luke to not eat the cheese from the mousetrap. This boy is an idiot. I just can't get over how both boys really just take being turned into a mouse in complete stride. Like, one's thinking about food still. The other is like, oh, we got to figure this out. But, like... We're mice now. No more school. (laughs) No school. It's like, okay, but also a life expectancy of like 20 more minutes. (laughs) There are mice traps all over this establishment. Like we are really working on borrowed time at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Bruno, I want to defend though, because like hunger is a need. Like that is a natural instinct. Luke, I think is the idiot here. He should be more (laughs) upset. But if you're hungry, you're hungry, baby. That's it. (laughs) Also, it could be a trauma response you know i think he has really difficult parents and maybe his eating situation is a way to self-soothe and what time would you need to self-soothe more than when you've been turned into a mouse you're right compassionate lens to view bruno jenkins i am nothing if not compassionate thank you (laughs) grandmama takes the news that her grandson is a mouse surprisingly well like speaking of these boys taking it in stride like she is the active adult that is in charge of watching this child she has warned him about witches she knows that witches are a thing and yet she's still like okay all right well you're a mouse now (laughs) the people that i think have a reasonable response are bruno's parents Mm -hmm. who i mean you do have to say like until they are approached by grandmama in the hotel bar they're just like out living their life Mm -hmm. drinking brandy and like not at all concerned about Mm -mm. the fact that they have not seen their terror of a child in hours (laughs) there's no good way to tell two strangers that their son has been transformed into a mouse by a group of murderous magical witches but i do question (laughs) grandmama's bedside manner a bit Mm, mm -hmm, she literally mm -hmm. says your son is in my handbag he has suffered a mishap he has been drastically altered not sure that's the approach i would no i would expect to see like his skull in there right like a femur (laughs) i just feel like grandmama this was she really wasn't thinking too far ahead into the future of um just, you know, the implications of a young boy being missing and her being like, he's this mouse. He's this mouse. It's like, I don't know if you're necessarily going to be able to, like, um, do the problem solving that needs to be done here if, you know, you're walking around telling people that, like, the kids are mice. The kids are mice. In a public place. In a public place. She's lucky she wasn't arrested. You know, you got to play the long game here. Well, meanwhile, <laughs> Grandmama and Luke embark on magical espionage by stealing the potion, breaking into the hotel kitchen, and deploying her own weapon against her by pouring 500 doses of Formula 86 into the soup. And I also, I know that this part of the movie is supposed to be like an action adventure that keeps us on the edge of our seats, but honestly, it like might as well have been filmed in my brother's Brooklyn apartment because there's just like so much mouse footage. (laughs) 
for like 20 minutes. Like <clears throat> just so much mice. I, I will say at a certain point, I was like, I'm going to need a more of a range of reactions to the mice. Like it's just <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of yelling. And I'm like, you guys, like, let's make some other choices as actors. How about like a gasp or a, oh, you know? Or like a rodent child, a former rodent child who's about to pick up the mouse mm. and feed it to their snake. Exactly. You know? Let's Good play one. with storytelling here. Okay. My skin has been itching this whole episode and I just thought it was the heat, but I do think it's because we're talking about mice. So I would have also accepted a nice little scratch. And mm-hmm. so the plan is ultimately successful with all of the witches, including the Grand High Witch, turning into mice as the hotel staff attempt to beat them to death with brooms, cutlery, (laughs) and shoes. Mr. Bean finishes off the Grand High Witch with a butcher's knife. Again, super, super glad I watched this movie with my four-year-old today. Now, um, to back up just briefly, Mm -hmm. the kitchen scene. (laughs) I feel like the reactions to a mice in the kitchen was a little overblown. I feel like, you know, people who who work in the restaurant industry – Mm-hmm. They've seen a mouse or two in their day. I mean, there's mice everywhere in a kitchen. You just, like, hopefully don't see them. So I was a little surprised that it was just, like, everybody uh, lost their sense of self and just <laughs> just truly went bananas. True. Yeah, they really lost their shit. And, like, no offense to our, you know, UK listeners, but I feel like <laughs> London is very mousy. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. yeah. I feel like rain and mice, that should just be their flag. <laughs> Yeah, it's like mice and like a little newsboy cat. No offense, though. And like a corduroy Uh vest. Oh, yeah. And the mice are just like, oh, yes, hello. Um, (laughs) Oh, don't mind me. And just um, coming out from under the oven. (laughs) Hello. Just taking a bit of bread to dip in my little tea. It's fine. (laughs) Remember Critter County? What? No. Donnie presented that like we'd be like, yes, Critter County. How can we forget? What the fuck is Critter no, County? I think that's what it's called. Maybe I made it up. Like in the late 80s, early 90s, there were like toys. <laughs> and it was like a dollhouse. Like truly, it should just be dolls. But instead of dolls, it was mice. But like everything else was the same as what it would be a doll. Like they had a house. Oh, I do yeah. remember this. They had like little this. clothes on. But I think it would be so cute if there was a production of Les Mis, but all mice. <laughs> Are we talking like like the musical cats? Are we talking like mice? Yeah, like CGI mice. Oh, CGI mice. So like the movie cats, <laughs> but mice. Oh my god, how did we get We here? just traveled so many places in your brain. Like, we talk about, Donnie, offline, we talk about how my text messages are, like, starting in the middle of a thought. Like, I text people, like, they've been in my brain mm-hmm. for the past 30 minutes, and I text them, like, it should make sense. And it's kind of like, you're your own detective to try to figure out what the fuck I'm talking about. Donnie, you just did that. We really are rubbing <laughs> off on each other, because you just took us from the kitchen mice to critter creatures whatever <laughs> to mice being in a cgi version of les mis and now i'm also gonna probe on this a little bit more please now what is it about les mis you know? <laughs> speak to us about that process i know it takes place in france but they all use british accents so when i think of like mm-hmm. london musicals i think of les mis you know what 
And I was thinking that as well. So I'm glad that it, it really checked out. <laughs> I really do like the idea, though, of like live action stage play, people dressed as mice, but then also dressed as like Fontaine. Like Fontaine wig, blonde wig, with just like mm-hmm. two very tasteful mouse ears poking atop the wig. Out of the bonnet. Uh-huh, just, uh-huh. you know, it's very tasteful. Yeah. It's very tasteful. And I want there to be no reference to the fact they're mice, except for like when they enter a doorway, it's clear that it's like the little <gasps> oh, tiny, like, good like they're in a wall. Love that. Let me take my brain one more place. Oh, <laughs> Did God. you ever see the VHS or read the book Ben and Me when it was about Ben Franklin and the mouse he was best friends with? <laughs> <laughs> That is a hot no. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. But anyway, continue. I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, so that was just, you just wanted to throw out another <laughs> reference. There was no follow-up story I thought idea. you meant, like, um, there were different Disney movies in Philadelphia. Like, oh, we have, like, the Disney vault is actually based out of Philadelphia, and we get some shit that nobody else does. <laughs> no, you could have watched ben it. You me? just didn't. Ben and me. Mm-hmm. And the mouse's name was Amos. But he helped him. Like, he was on the key that Ben Franklin flew. On the kite. Did he survive? Yeah, he ran back down the string. <laughs> anyway. Wow. And he wasn't electrocuted. No, I don't think so. I don't remember. I'm going to need you to um, rewatch and get back to me on that because it's pretty important. Well, you know, I hope Amos is doing well and I hope no 13 year old approached him with scissors in his life. So here's the thing about Grandmama and Luke's plan, though. Like, it's great that ultimately all the witches turn into mice. Mm -hmm. Here is my concern. We know firsthand because of Bruno and Luke that you keep your human brain even while in a mouse body. So presumably, like, all of these witches still know how to do magic. So, like, we know most of them, like, some got stomped off by the boots, some Mm -hmm. got hit with the butcher's knife. But, like, I imagine some survived, and I imagine they could probably be sneaky and small and turn themselves back. Also, if they're really committed to the cause, mice are notoriously gross, so certainly they could just, like, go around biting children and giving them, like, some sort of bacterial infection. Like, their work is not done just because they're mice. Yeah, you know, and this is um, a little bit of the problem I have with the script, (laughs) is a a great tag would have been... Um, you know, they think they've escaped the evil, but then a couple of little mice with like maybe a maybe a dainty witch hat on just to wear shirts them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they creep, creep, creep into Grandmama's house <laughs> and it's like, uh oh. That would have been good. So the movie ends with Luke and Grandmama now rich from stealing the Grand High Witch's trunk of cash. They are now committed to hunting down every single witch in the world when suddenly a good witch appears out of nowhere and turns Luke into a little boy again. So again, we talked about this at the start of the episode. I am a book is better bitch. The end of this movie is way less dark than Mm -hmm. the book because in the book, Luke is relieved to learn that mice only live about nine years on average because that means that he will probably die around the same time as his grandmother and will never have to live without her. So like happy she taught him about witches, but also maybe therapy Mm -hmm. after his parents' traumatic demise could have been a good (laughs) investment too. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Yeah, and that is a parenting issue. You know, you, it, it's about, um, you know, helping them 
in the long term instead of just taking them on a vacation because you <laughs> might take them on a vacation and they get turned into a mouse. And, <laughs> and you know what? The grief is still there. The grief is still there, even though you're a mouse. A mouse on vacation is still sad. <laughs> oh, my God. I like the darker ending better, I think. Because this one with, like, Princess Diana just giggling in the garden, it was too much. Yeah, yeah and I feel like I barely clocked her as a character from the rest of the movie. Yeah, so I was like, oh, you're just, like, chill now because you uh, were slighted a little bit. Yeah. I'm, and, and, like, you know where this kid lives. And then he's like, don't forget about Bruno. And she's like, faux show, toodaloo. It did come out of nowhere. And also then it's like, okay, so is this boy going back to school or is he becoming a professional witch hunter? Mm. Like in this boy's mind, he was like, awesome, never have to go to school again, going to live my life as a mouse. And now he has to process being turned into a boy again. Again, I hope therapy is in his future, <laughs> but I don't know if that's in grandmama's wheelhouse. Mm. Mm. She could have used it herself, to be honest. I know. <laughs> Clearly. Got that missing finger. I was just going to ask, is she missing a finger or did I make that up? Today was a long She's day. She's missing a finger because the Grand High Witch. Ate it? I don't know the details, but. <laughs> don't you think we should? I wasn't there, okay? <laughs> I mean, it could be plausible that she ate it. Let's say. Sure. Yeah, let's say. Or use it as a doorstep. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. A portable one that she just puts in her purse. Puts it underneath a table at a restaurant in case it's a little uh, wobbly. Well, let's let's move on. <laughs> Final thoughts. Who would we cast in a remake or what would the plot to a sequel be if we were to bring this plot to present day? You know, what I would do, actually, is um, make it more of a feminist text and have it be – these are um, – you know, single women, childless career women. These kids are just ruining their day and they're really in the right. And, you know, there are anti-heroes. And yeah, that's, that's how I'd really turn that on its head. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I think because it's the end of Pride Month, I think I'm swayed by that. But I want to make it all the witches are gays. And instead of kids, they want to kill all straight people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't cast right. it. That's just my idea. <laughs> I think I want to see it be about Grandmama and Luke traveling the world together, hunting witches. I don't want it to be a movie. I want it to be a mini series like The Boys or Peacemaker, where it's kind of like a social commentary comedy, but kind of disgustingly raunchy uh-huh. in terms of violence. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd like to see it be a mini series where like each episode is them taking on a specific witch that they're hunting. And like sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. But we also get the witch's backstory of like how she became what she became. Also kind of like charmed. Hmm. I'm Ooh, if they lose, Charmed. walk me through what an episode of that would look like. Wouldn't they die? The witch gets away. Oh, okay, And then okay. comes back later, like even stronger. Oh, oh a big bad. Mm-hmm. In mine, I did just cast someone in my head really quick. Lil Nas X would be the Grand High Witch. Ooh. <laughs> love that. Thank you. <laughs> so final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? I think the puppetry and the makeup honestly aged well yeah i think Mm -hmm. it looked decent (laughs) you know i'm a purist i really like um a puppet i like Mm -hmm. doing the magic with props um Mm -hmm. instead of cgi so i really like to see um i really like to see that again 
Like, let's get more more puppets in film. Okay? I agree. I am a slut for the Jim Henson factory. Mm-hmm. I feel like it ages better over time. Like, anytime they introduce new technology, it in 10 years inevitably looks like shit. Yeah. And I mean, this looked, it was cheesy and it was what it was, but like, it did not look terrible. It looks better than the new one, honestly. The new one relies so much on CGI that you don't even need the 10 years to pass. Like, it looked bad in theater. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously what else ages poorly is. The person who was responsible for writing <laughs> yeah. it and mm-hmm. glad that his camp has come out and been like, just kidding, <laughs> don't believe that. But I mean, the main actors, Angelica <sighs> Houston doing it is she's iconic. So so Luke good. is good too. Yeah. Grandma. Mom. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, Dara, I am so sorry. We oh. like welcomed you back. I'm like, I'm so glad to see you again. Now let us unleash literally, I think, our most unhinged episode. That was date. crazy. I feel like I maybe like, I don't know, inspire you guys to really go <laughs> off the handle. Um, but tell everybody where they can listen to your chaos. Um, so I have a podcast called Lay Do You Remember This? It's about Hollywood in the early 2000s. I just finished up a season about Playboy and the Girls Next Door. So you can listen to all those episodes, but there's, you know, all Lindsay Lohan episodes, Bling Ring. You can listen to the whole back catalog. <laughs> uh, so that's L-E-S-D-E-U-X. Remember this, which, you know, was it a great name um, to name your podcast, something that is very hard to pronounce or spell? (laughs) Who can say? Who can say? (laughs) Was it a good idea to start a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast when you can't tell them apart? Who can say? Who can say? (laughs) These are life's big questions. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. And again, so sorry. This was, I think, truly like... I love just it. a ridiculous hour, and I apologize <laughs> profusely. Cuties, you know what you signed up for, so I'm not apologizing <laughs> to you. But thank you guys for being here. Next week, we will be covering Dick in <laughs> honor of the 4th of July. Oh, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Sorry to make you do this one then. <laughs> Happy birthday to me, and we will talk to you later. Love, love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. In Europe, guys are lucky. There's no trading beads for peaks. They just put on a funky bathing suit and walk down to the beach. Where they see and take for granted things that here would stop the traffic. While we've had to sneak our playboys in National Geographic. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.